Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. All right, welcome to Rock and Roll Friday on The Savage Nation. Are we suffering from coronaphobia? Is it all about trying to get Donald Trump as the mouthpieces in the media who are in his pocket are saying, how can you believe a thing like that? Now, I'm a supporter of President Trump. I will vote for President Trump. I will encourage you to vote for him. But if you think I'm going to join the parade of liars when you have such a dangerous public health issue, you're listening to the wrong show. Is this all coronaphobia? Many of you are saying it's the liberals trying to crash the stock market to hurt Donald Trump. Well, see if you can explain this to me, all of you Kool-Aid drinkers, you followers of Jim Jones. On Wednesday, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said during a press conference, quote now, we have to understand we're in the midst of a global epidemic, the most dangerous of these epidemics in the last hundred years. That is Benjamin Netanyahu. Is he also out to get President Trump? I don't understand what's going on with you people other than you're in worse shape than even I thought. If you can believe that this is not a threat, if you can believe you have to make, take no precautions, then I am telling you, you will become nothing but cultists. And this is a very dangerous time in American history because I don't want to live in a cult. I never lived in a cult. I never joined a cult. No, my friends, even Benjamin Netanyahu knows what this is. We're in the midst of a global epidemic, the most dangerous of these epidemics in the last hundred years. That is a quote from Benjamin Netanyahu, probably the strongest ally of Donald Trump for good reasons, because without us, Israel wouldn't exist, not for a day. But Netanyahu just said that, not me. And yet, I don't understand how the airwaves permit uh, an influential talk show host to go on the air and say things that are putting the public health at great risk. Is it not criminal for a radio talk show host to tell his audience that it's not necessary to take any precautions to avoid the virus? No precautions at all. To say to the audience, more people die from lightning strikes. If you're going to get it, you're going to get it. When every responsible world leader is advising caution and a radio talk show host with a massive audience Tells them not to worry, do whatever you want. If you're going to get it, you're going to get it. How can you not understand what this is? Does it mean that it's as bad as some are saying? Because as the coronavirus spreads, one study predicts that even the best case scenario is 15 million dead and a $2.4 trillion hit to global GDP. Now, that's one study from the Australian National University, which looked at seven scenarios of how the virus might affect the world's health, ranging from low severity to high severity. Even in the low severity model, or the best case scenario of the seven models, Australian National University researchers estimate a global GDP loss of 2.4 trillion with an estimated death toll of 15 million. And you're going to believe a talk show host 
who is telling you not to take any precautions? That more people die from lightning strikes? If you're going to get it, you're going to get it? How can you? It makes me think that talk radio has destroyed the world. If you can believe such garbage when the whole world is taking precautions, then you can believe anything. And you're members of a cult. And that is not good for America. You're like a pack of wild hyenas who just follow the pack and you have herd mentality. You refuse to even accept what the world is doing. You put everything in the context of is it for or against Trump? How can you reduce everything on earth to that? So is it coronaphobia? Don't you think we should be better safe than sorry? Don't you think we should take a uh, reasonable set of precautions instead of a Pollyanna view of this? Do you know that not even 2,000 Americans have been tested so far? Did you hear what I just said to you? I know it's hard for you to follow this if you are a radio talk show host of uh, Acolyte and you just follow that no matter what they say is true. All he's got to do is bash liberals and right away you're in his pocket. Not even 2,000 Americans have been tested so far. Now, there's another element to this that I have to discuss with you that I haven't read anywhere, but I am a trained scientist in this field of study. And it doesn't mean that I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe I know more than most do or more than most in the media do. Maybe I know less than some of the doctors in virology do. But common sense would indicate to me that the coronavirus will mutate in the homeless populations in America. You have diseased people in the streets of America, New York, Chicago, San Francisco, mainly on the West Coast in this sick, disgusting state that I live in, festering with illness. And they are a Petri dish with depressed immune systems from the overuse of illegal, illegal drugs, shooting up drugs, snorting drugs, uh, not eating properly, laying in their own feces, eating their own feces in some, some cases. Uh, there's a high likelihood that the coronavirus will latch on to some of these people and mutate in the homeless populations. Again, we should do nothing because we didn't hear it from the government. That's so, a big topic. I am telling you that the Chinese are underreporting the deaths from this virus in order to control uh, the panic in China. And I am also telling you that Donald Trump's best friend, Benjamin Netanyahu, certainly a supporter of America, certainly not a liberal, certainly not a supporter of uh, Biden, said we have to understand we're in the midst of a global epidemic, the most dangerous of these epidemics in the last hundred years. How can you then go along with the Kool-Aid being told that more people die from lightning strikes, you don't have to do anything to protect yourself, if you're going to get it, you're going to get it. How can you listen to this and not get outraged? You know that radio is a public uh, venue. It's a public, you know, these are public airwaves. I'm on the public airwaves. Do you know that I can't say certain things because I wouldn't say them? You know what you can't say? You can't yell fire in a crowded theater. You can't call for violence for good reasons because these are public airwaves. This is not you uh, listening to a man talking to himself in a closet somewhere with a Dixie cup and a string. Hundreds of thousands or millions of people hear everything we say, every breath we take, every sneeze, every snort, every breath, every smile, every laugh, every frown, every cough is heard. People are influenced by the media. 
we have a responsibility to our audience. And to go on the air and tell people, eh, don't take any precautions. More people die from lightning strikes. If you're going to get it, you're going to get it. It's all out to get Donald Trump. How can you not be as outraged as I am by what's going on in a time of such, let us say, uh, cautionary tales that need to be told? How can you do this? Now, I admit that we're living in an era with high levels of government and media distrust, really high levels of government distrust, whether it be uh, on the Republican side or on the Democrat side. People don't trust the word anyone in government says. And that goes for Trump. It goes for uh, Biden. No one believes anything they say. So if you're going to believe it's just like the flu, that it's not a flu on steroids, then you are putting yourself at risk and everyone around you. And you should be taking reasonable precautions. Because every responsible world leader is saying the same thing to protect their populations, not to hurt Donald Trump. This is not about Donald Trump. It has nothing to do with Donald Trump. It has absolutely nothing to do with Donald Trump. Do you understand that there is it possible that something in the world has nothing to do with the DJT? Is it possible something in the world? Is it possible a virus has nothing to do with him one way or the other? But no, now you've put everything through that lens and you come up with the wrong conclusion. Every world leader is advising caution. People are not going to Chinese restaurants, for example, in Flushing, New York. Chinese restaurants are suffering in Chinatown, San Francisco largest Chinatown outside of China, uh, the restaurants are suffering. Why? Because people are stupid. I mean, they're dumb. They, they have no reason to do that. They should go there and, uh, I don't know, lick a doorknob on the way in and the way out to show their solidarity with the people from China. You know, people are not that stupid. They take reasonable precautions. I'm not saying you shouldn't go to a Chinese restaurant. I went to one last night. I'm not dead yet. But I was very cautious. I mean, I know the owner. I've known him for 40, 30 years here. In the, it's not in Chinatown. But I said to my wife, I said, we're going to go because we both like the food. I like the shrimp and you like the Mongolian beef. And I said, I'm on a restricted diet to begin with. And I love the guy and I love the food. He makes me food like it's a personal chef. No salt, no, no oil, no sugar. I mean, I get my food cooked as though it's a... So I like the place. It's clean as a whistle. I go in there. The place is like a ghost town. This guy's normally packed, even during the week. It's sad. And I said to him, how's it going? And he actually looked almost with tears in his eyes. He said, thank you for patronizing my restaurant. He said, it's not good. I said, hang in there for another few months. You know, it should end within a few months. And But I'm going to be honest with you. When I went in there, I said to Mrs. Savage, I said, if I look in that kitchen and I see one mask, I said, we're doing a U-turn. Well, I looked and I saw someone wearing a mask. So I said to the owner, because I've seen her wear a mask for years. So I said, um, John, I said, you know, you got someone in there with a mask on. And he said, yeah, yeah, she wears a mask all the time. And she has for years because of the cooking oil spray. And she doesn't want to inhale the uh, toxins from the cooking oil. I said, that makes sense. And it's true. In other words, she didn't have TB uh, years ago and she doesn't have corona now. But I asked, I'm not embarrassed to ask. I'll ask for my own survival. So are you suffering from coronaphobia? You think it's all a joke? There are other stories, by the way, I'm going to talk about. Bill Clinton uh, that he t says that he takes a moniker for anxiety. Can you believe he gets away with a thing like this?
What if Harvey Weinstein had offered an excuse that he did those things to those women because he suffered from anxiety and therefore he needed to do those things he did? Yet Bill Clinton says he, t- he took a moniker for anxiety. Can you believe a thing like this? Also, those of you who support Sharia law, who happen to be gay, homosexuals in Iran are having sex reassignment surgery to avoid execution. I'll have the details for you right here on The Savage Nation. The Savage Nation. It's savage on demand. Okay, you know I'm a car guy. You know I've had a Hellcat. And with the ever-increasing numbers of cars like Dodge, BMW, and Volkswagen, and models like the Hellcat, X3, and Jetta, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. We all know that. I'm a car guy, and I'm telling you why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while a counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com right in your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts in a chain store or new car dealership when you could do it at home on your own computer? Now, you may not know this, but chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and reliably low they are. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible, rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Does not require this. You could just do it yourself. RockAuto.com is a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Just go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet sets. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. But best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write SAVAGE in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. That's S-A-V-A-G-E. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Don't stand online in an auto parts store and wait for the hostile clerk to get back to you. Go to rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Rock auto. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Welcome back to the Savage Nation. So there's two conflicting opinions on the uh, coronavirus. One is that it's no more dangerous than the common flu and do nothing. Put your head in the sand and make believe everything's going to be fine. And then the other school of thought is that there's much higher percentages of fatalities with COVID-19. Ask yourself why China shut itself down. Did they shut itself down just for the flu? They wanted to crash their own economy to hurt Trump. 
Are you people that idiotic? So China shut down its own economy to hurt Donald Trump. Now, I'm expressing pure logic to you, but I realize that when you have an audience that is brainwashed, an audience that seems to be like the Jim Jones Kool-Aid drinkers out there who don't want to take precautions because the government said you don't have to take any precautions, uh, it's almost impossible. You know, I, I once described hell. Hell has been described as a place where there is no logic. I'm afraid the talk radio is that hell that I've been warning about all these years. And I thought it was only limited to the liberal side, who they would open cities up to illegal aliens, a flood of drugs, a flood of diseases. And we said that liberalism is a mental disorder. And it is. But now when I see that this disease of illogic has now infected the other side to almost the same percentage with regard to the coronavirus and God knows what else, I don't know if this country can survive the stupidity that I'm seeing. Now, maybe you say, ah, he's being too negative. Hey, you know what? If that's what you believe, you're listening to the wrong show. And I'm going to give you one piece of evidence before you hang up like the big idiot that you always knew you were. It's why your wife left you. It's why you're unsuccessful in life. If Benjamin Netanyahu gives a speech and says, quote, and I'm quoting now, we have to understand we're in the midst of a global epidemic, the most dangerous of these epidemics in the last hundred years, unquote. If Netanyahu, who is Trump's greatest friend, says that, why is he doing it to hurt Trump? If you say yes, then you're crazy. Then you have no logic. Your logical facilities are gone. Faculties are gone. But then again, I can't help you. It's like having to talk to a blackboard. John in Connecticut, what do you think? Tell us. Give us your opinion. I'll tell you what. I've been a licensed funeral director and embalmer for over 40 years. I think influenza is the most underreported cause of death. So people that say, oh, don't worry about it. It's only worse than, it's only like the flu. <laughs> the flu, it, it goes into nursing homes and wipes out folks. But they don't put that on the death certificate. They'll put down myocardiac infarction, which just means they stop. So you're saying for those who are arguing it's, it's not any worse than the flu, they should be worried anyway because the flu itself is deadly. I think the flu is probably the most underreported cause of death in this country. Right, but you haven't seen any corona deaths, have you? No, no. No, not, not yet, because it's not yet taken hold here in America. But, but, but I, All right, I, I got your point. I, I see where you're coming from. I'd rather be safe than sorry. I, for one, am taking many precautions. You know, but I have my whole life of taking precautions with regard to other illnesses as well. For example, I never smoked. Well, when I was young and stupid, I smoked for a number of years from 18 to 22. I smoked English ovals and bought a broken down uh, old Jaguar to think I was an English nobleman. You know, I, I mean, what are you going to do when you're young? You're idiotic. Then you get hooked on cigarettes and then you argue and tell people tobacco isn't harmful. The whole world tells people don't smoke. The whole world warns people that majors of tobacco. And then you listen to people say it's no more dangerous than a lightning strike. So I can't help you. Again, homosexuals in Iran are having sex reassignment surgery to avoid execution. That's your Sharia law for you. You want to hear that story? Would you like to hear about that one? I will give it to you. Michael Savage, a host like no other. What happened to America? Where did it go? When did it die? Oh, welcome back. 
Remember beautiful, sweet music about romance and love? Where'd the romance go? Where'd the leadership go? Where did the strong words that I grew up on go? I grew up with speeches that inspired me for years. Kennedy said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Do you know that I lived on that for years? I asked myself what I could do for my country. It motivated me for years. I don't, I don't know where it went. When did it disappear? Eisenhower, one of the great leaders in the country's history, loved him. As a small boy, we looked up to him, loved him. MacArthur, we had great generals, leaders, speakers, speeches that inspired. Anyway, last night I went on Twitter on a thing called Periscope, and I put up a movie of about, I don't know, I don't know how long it is, 10 minutes of Teddy, who was 16 yesterday with his pals. It was very popular. People are more interested in my dogs than in listening to politics right now. A lot of views. I introduce you to Teddy and his pack. Too many dogs as far as I'm concerned, but there they are. I love them all. We got Teddy, 16 yesterday, blind, largely deaf, dying last year, but he came back to life. And then he's got the two little rescue poodles, Julie and Ruby, and Dummy. We have Dummy, the the Havanese, the klutzy Havanese. I love the Dummy in a way more than those. The, The Dummy is a big schleppy dog who kind of protects the pack. But he's like a dumb kid, you know, like if you have a dumb kid, what do you get mad at him? You love him anyway. Dummy is like the kid who swings and misses all the time and you tell him you're doing great. And we love Dummy. So there's Dummy, there's Julie, Ruby, Teddy. You can see it on Twitter. Actually, it's on my website, michaelsavage.com as well. People loved it, especially since the mascot of the Savage Nation almost passed away last year. Hi, Ted. God, I miss him. I mean, he's still living, but I... You know, it's like the way of all flesh. He was on stage with me when I got him. He was a little black poodle on the in the uh, at then the Chronicle Pavilion. Now it's called, actually it was called some other pavilion. That I had seven thousand paid attendees. Listen, I can do big events. I don't do them. If I wanted to, I could pack stadiums. I don't do it. You understand that? I'm not wanting for attention. I'm not wanting for an audience. I'm not wanting for a following. I I'm not. I love it, but I'm not seeking it. My one last note about my dogs before I get back to coronaphobia. So if you look at the little video on michaelsavage.com, let's say you don't have Twitter. I think you could see it on my website. Uh, So you see the little white poodle, two pounds, the little brown poodle, two pounds. Mrs. Savage rescued them. They were hours away from the needle. She also rescued the Havanese because he was imperfect. He's a little fat. He's imperfect. He was an hour away from death when she took him, saved him. So now they're all living. And they're a little pack, and Teddy was dying, but now he's back to life because of the pack. You know, packs keep the animals alive. There's like a herd mentality that works in this case. And when the little Julie went into heat, I know it's hard, to, it's disgusting to think about it. Suddenly, Teddy was able to run after her up the steps and down the <laughs> steps. He can't see, he can't see very well, but he can. his nose is the last thing to go. Uh, that's the thing with animals, it's the last thing to go is the olfactory. I had a friend in England years ago. He had had a heart attack, and he was an elderly gentleman. Wonderful man, super sophisticated, worldly guy. And it was a big man, a man who loved women his whole life. And he told me that in his last years after his sickness, <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't even tell him, but no one knows who he is. He said, you know, Michael, he said, when I was older, after I'd been sick, 
He said, I didn't care anymore about women. I didn't care about anything. He said, all I cared about was a good meal. He said, I would still fly to Paris if I heard of a good restaurant <laughs> that opened. The last thing to go is, is your sense of taste, right, Jim? You're eating peanuts right now with, with bare hands. My, my, my Jim Verdi's eating with bare. Don't eat with bare hands. You'd be like uh, Bloomberg with the pizza licking the fingers. That was like the, uh, the moment. That was like the moment. That was the man in the tank moment. All right, my friends, are you suffering from coronaphobia or do you believe uh, that there's nothing to worry about? You're taking precautions. You know that this is Employee Appreciation Day. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Corporations who appreciate employees. Sure. What world are you living in? OK, Texas, Kelly, line one. What's your topic, Kelly? My topic is uh, um, don't underestimate your listeners. We listen to you primarily because of the blowhards on some of the other stations and some of the other people that we'll, we'll go and mention. But a quick yeah, we don't have to mention others to say that giving out disinformation or misinformation at a time like that, at a time like this, is actually criminal as far as I'm concerned. A, f- a funny quick story, clean story. Uh, I was working one day. I was listening to something else in the office. It was on iHeart or, or YouTube, and it transferred to you. My boss walked by and said, you're not listening to Michael Savage, are you? And obviously it had a different p- political ideology. Since then, my wife and I have been uh, listening religiously and purchased all your books. And That's we have- very, very nice, and I appreciate it. I hope you didn't get in trouble at work because of it. No, no, he got fired. Ah, ha! Why? They can't tell you what to listen to. Are they allowed? They, they can't do that, right? I keep it low, but uh, I have earbuds. But you're- All right, well, good. That's your right as an American. You know, we can still say what we want. We can still uh, write what we want. That's what separates us from uh, from uh, despotic nations such as North Korea, Iran, and other places. And I do thank you for the call. So, you know, the audience is there. It's very loyal. By the way, I did a show the other day on the skeletons of New Zealand, the redheads, pre-Polynesian people on invasion and conquest. If you missed it, please, please catch it because there's no headline on the podcast that says that. The headline on that podcast doesn't even mention it. It's called A Tale of Two Viruses, Bernie Sanders and COVID-19 by the Savage Nation. And it's, it's up on March 4th. But the tail end of that has the story of the skeletons of New Zealand, and it has a lot to do with invasion and conquest. And if you know we're being invaded in America, which we are, you know what's coming, incidentally. 855-400-7282. Why is Netanyahu saying during a press conference, quote now, we have to understand we're in the midst of a global epidemic, the most dangerous of these epidemics in the last 100 years. Is he also out to hurt Trump? Can you logically understand that that makes no sense? He's taking a strong stand because Israel right now is suffering from a coronavirus outbreak and he wants to limit the epidemic. That is the way it is done. Do you understand that? That doesn't mean you're panicking. It doesn't mean you're weak. It means you're taking reasonable precautions. Reasonable precautions. 21 Israelis have the coronavirus. Only 21, but Netanyahu is not saying, eh, if you're going to get it, you're going to get it. You know, go lick a doorknob. Go ahead. Don't be a weakling. Only 21 Israelis have it, but he understands science. Netanyahu, he knows that uh, epidemics start in a small number and then spread. And so what you do is you try to limit the spread. And so he has a travel ban. He has quarantines. 
But again, you're going to now put that through your filter and say he's doing it to hurt Trump? I don't understand how people come up with those conclusions. Berkeley, Jim, line three, you're on the Savage Nation. What's your topic? It's the coronavirus, Mike. There is a report from Wuhan. There's two crematories out there. One handles about 400 bodies a day. The other handles about 500 bodies a day. And the reporter there that reported this reported that the bodies were stacked up outside both crematories, right? And what I'm getting at here is... That the Chinese are are underreporting the deaths. Big time. And they're... Fatality rate is probably around 15% from what... Well, wait, let's not rush to 15%. Let's say it's even 3 to 4% as opposed to the government, which is telling us it's 1% with their talk, with their mouthpieces in the media, repeating 1%, 1%, 1%. It's not 1%. It's much higher, but it's not... I don't think it's uh, 15%, as you're saying. Well, it depends where you're at. I mean, this is China. Okay, I'll find. So it's higher in China and lower in America. But that does, does that mean we shouldn't take precautions? Oh, I totally... Uh, so what precautions are you taking? Well, you know, I uh, clean everything. I wash my hands. I make sure that uh, I'm not, when I'm in a group, that I didn't get close to, to somebody that's sneezing or anything like that. Right, and do you fist bump instead of shaking? Uh, I don't shake anybody's hand right Good. Now. No, no, don't. Even, even world leaders are not, are not shaking anymore. You never shake a hand. never shake a hand. Just do a fist bump or an elbow tap. Yeah, and I've worked for the city health department, and I can tell you, they're we're way behind the curve on all this stuff. They always are. That's why they work for the city. <laughs> if, if, if that no, that's why they take city jobs. They're basically people who can't do anything else. Yeah, there goes another ten percent of my audience. But I'm that kind of guy. I, okay, I, I appreciate that. 855-407-282, that's my number. No, yeah, 855, no, yeah, 855-407-282. There's so many numbers flying around here. We're talking about is it coronaphobia to take reasonable precautions or should you throw caution to the wind and kiss a doorknob? Uh, Colorado, J-Line 4, go ahead, please. You're on the Savage Nation. What's your topic? Hi. Well, by no means do I think or believe that Netanyahu is trying to hurt Trump with that statement. But I have to wonder, uh, is that statement influenced by the optics of it, such as, you know, when Donald Trump asked for $2.5 2. he was told, oh, that's not enough. You aren't doing enough. You need $8 billion. And do you think this is just coming out strongly just for the optics? What do you mean, that Netanyahu is saying it for the optics in Israel that he's doing something? Well, certainly he's doing something, but, you know, does he want to appear like, uh, you know, this is such a major thing. I am. But why would Netanyahu, who is a, a strong ally of Trump, sound the alarm if it wasn't real? Oh, well, you know, I, I believe it is real. I believe we do have, you know, and... Yeah, well, how do you then, how do you put that together with people who are saying in the radio business, uh, there's nothing to worry about, more people die from lightning strikes, if you're going to get it, you're going to get it. Don't you think that's more than irresponsible in a time like this? I, I do. I, it's sickening, actually. I don't think it's coronaphobia to take reasonable precautions. Here's another footnote to our discussion. Up to 100,000 Israelis in isolation as Israel expands travel ban. 100,000 are in isolation. Now they're doing it to hurt Trump? 
Israeli who recovered in Japan develops coronavirus again. He developed it again to hurt Trump. Can you take Donald Trump out of the formula, please, in your thinking? Maybe if you take the word Trump out of your thinking, you could start to think rationally. Do you understand that I'm trying to help the public here? I'm trying to bring the people together. I'm not sounding an alarm that's not real. I'm trying to inject a healthy dose of reality into this corona mania. I'll be right back. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Now, science has progressed to the stage where doctors and researchers can actually identify the genetic codes of both the coronaviruses and the flu. And there are several different coronaviruses, as you know. And they can ID the genetic codes of both. Scientists all know that most flu viruses originate in Asia. So what does it have to do with anything? Well, we need to wage a war against these deadly viruses. We need to take very reasonable precautions. Israel, which is the greatest friend of America for reasons of self-survival, is facing the harsh reality of the apocalyptic fictional epidemic, according to talk radio hosts who are trying to tell you not to worry about anything. My friends, act accordingly. Study and act accordingly. Westwood One Podcast Network. Spans of the spoken word. Welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Okay, so Biden opens up a 60-point lead over Sanders, the communist bum, that filthy mook, that bum, that communist, that idiot fell into an amber pit in the 1960s. And look how far he got because of the bums in this country, the losers, the drug addicts, promising them everything for nothing, that Sanders bum. Fell into an amber pit in the 60s. Che Guevara, Fidel Castro, Mao Zedong. I mean, it's amazing. So then there's Biden who doesn't know where he is, but he's ahead by 16 points. There's the Democrats for you. So it looks like it's going to be Biden, if he makes it to the finish, to the, run, the finish line, versus Trump which will be an interesting debate, uh, actually. That's if uh, Biden knows where he is. He could stop talking in mid-sentence and say, why am I stopping? You don't know. There's another story that's important in addition to coronaphobia, and the publisher cancels the release of the Woody Allen memoir after staff walk out. I was shocked by that story. It's my publisher. Woody Allen's publisher, Hachette Group, on Friday, canceled the release of his memoir following days of outrage focused on allegations the director sexually abused his daughter. 
the Hachette Book Group's decision to scrap Apropos of Nothing, which was scheduled to come out next month, came uh, after Ronan Farrow, big, look at the genius there, blasted the publisher on Twitter, a dozen employees staged the walkout. I took a look at the employees. I said, no wonder publishing is in the trouble there. And take a look at them. It looks like a, I can't say it because they're my publisher. That's the publisher? That's who's inside publishing offices? I mean, I heard it was bad. I had no idea it was this bad. Okay, I can't say anymore. Don't you think Woody Allen has a right to publish his own book? How do they stop the publication of a book? I thought that's fascism. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm expecting publishers to understand that? Yeah. And Ronan Farrow, a real reliable source. A real reliable source. He has the intellect of Kim Kardashian. Ronan Farrow knows as much about the First Amendment as Kim Kardashian does about releasing dangerous felons from prison. All right, so it's not coming out. Publishing staff walks out to support Ronan Farrow. Ronan Dillon Farrow over Woody Allen memoir. They dropped it? It's my publisher. So in other words, they could boycott my publisher and cancel my books. That's the world you want to live in? Okay, let's move on to uh, coronaphobia. Let's go to the Drudge Report. Cover-up in Beijing. Chinese whistleblowers say virus recovery fake. It's all fake. Now, now, Drudge is a friend of the president. Drudge is a friend of the administration. The last I checked, he's doing it also to hurt Trump. Now he's a liberal. He said Chinese whistleblowers say virus recovery fake. It's all fake. U.S. Customs still not screening passengers from hotspots. Uh, oil plunges 10%. New York cases increased 50% overnight. Uh, let's see. London Heathrow baggage handlers test positive. Positive uh, in Ibiza. Vatican reports first case. Mecca deserted in chilling video. I guess they all didn't listen to talk radio. I guess the folks in Mecca don't get talk radio over there because they were told not to worry about it uh, by t- a talk radio host. No, no, don't worry about it. Nothing to fear. It's all out to get Trump. I guess the, the, the princes didn't hear that one. Meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, we got a bad situation there. Rates near zero, liquidity concerns, tax cuts to ease pain. Yeah, I'll take that. Virus fear hits White House. Less than 2,000 Americans tested. Oh, God, what a mess. I just ate some of my leftover Corona shrimp and brown rice from last night. It was delicious. Put a lot of hot sauce on it to uh, put some precautions onto the onto the onto the plate. No, I was careful where I went. I'm very careful. I, I'm watching what I do. I mean, I don't touch doorknobs. Even in my apartment building, I I use the, the glove, the glove, the glove touch. Call me silly. Call me a throwback. Whatever you want. You want to go lick a doorknob in an elevator? Be my guest, just to prove what a man you are. Go ahead, lick a doorknob. I use a glove. I go to the supermarket. I mean, I shop for myself. I wear gloves. They had hand wipes there for years now anyway, even before Corona. Why did they have hand wipes? Tell me in a supermarket. Why? Why do they have them for the rubbing the cart? Because they're filthy. They're dirty. They're disgusting from the flu and whatever else. So now you have an added layer of, of um, pathogens to worry about. So I wear gloves. That's all. You think I care what an idiot in the supermarket may think of me? I don't even look at them. I'm focused on the food, not focused on what someone else thinks about my gloves. Then you go to the salad bars. Are you crazy? 
Imagine eating in a salad bar in New York City today. It was always crazy when you got people like basically snorting into the salad bar. You got bums eating out of salad bars in New York now. And it's out of control in San Francisco. The bums are afraid of nobody. They rob at will. They hit people at will. Nothing will stop them because the cops have been uh, destroyed. We have a communist district attorney in San Francisco who's throwing out every crime except I don't even know what, what's a crime left in San Francisco other than criticizing uh, him and the, and the idiot mayor who no one knows her name. They put in a mayor. No one even knows who she is. They can't remember her name. No one even knows where she came from. I have a friend who uh, flew on a 747 the other day, if you can believe it. And he flew to a foreign country. He said the plane was empty. He got his ticket for $5. I said, what? He said, yeah. They said it's $5 because there's no, no one on it. First class $5 for an intercontinental flight on a 747. So we got a big problem going on here. Offices are emptying out. People are staying home and working at home. Uh, it's really bad. And uh, you can say it's all phobia, it's coronaphobia, or you can be reasonable and take a middle approach, you know. Robert in New York, go ahead. You're on the Savage Nation. What's your topic? Uh, yes, doctor. My topic is uh, the coronavirus. I wanted to point out that in the early 80s, uh, Ronald Reagan was vilified for his uh, response to the HIV crisis, and he still is. If you just look him up on the Internet. The I know, but what does apples have to do with oranges? Well, because um, uh, Trump is being, uh, uh, you know, disparaged over his response to this crisis. But why must it be about Trump? Are you missing the whole point? Maybe I am. What if the virus has nothing to do with Donald Trump? I don't think it does. Well, I'm glad at least we can agree on that, that something in the world could have nothing to do with Donald Trump. I also think that. So if if I get indigestion, it's not because of Donald Trump, right? Right. Okay, we can agree on that. If you have extra gas tonight from the meal you eat, it's not because of Donald Trump. So can for one second we agree that not everything revolves around the president? Uh, listen, listen, come on, let's be reasonable and not sarcastic. I, I, Netanyahu is warning that it's a dangerous epidemic. You heard me read that quote, right? I, I did hear that, yes. So how do you explain that Trump's greatest friend, Netanyahu, said during a press conference, we have to understand we're in the midst of a global epidemic, the most dangerous of these epidemics in the last hundred years. If he's a friend of Trump, why would he say that? Is that to panic people that hurt Trump? Of course not. So why is it that people have their heads in the sand and are saying that there's nothing to worry about? It's like you can get hit by lightning. You have a higher chance of dying from that. How can you take that approach in a time like this? I, can I, I was trying to uh, make a comparison between how Reagan was blamed for the AIDS crisis and the left-wing media made it sound like it's out of control. Heterosexuals are going to be dropping left. I understand, but this has nothing to do with Reagan and nothing to do with Trump. This is a virus that has nothing to do with politics. I, I agree. And that virus had nothing to do with Reagan. But the, but the media... Again, Reagan. Again, every time... Uh, can we forget Reagan and AIDS for one minute? Can we go to Trump and Corona for another second? I would say he has nothing to do with this virus one way or the other. I agree. Good. So, as a, as a reasonable man, open to reason, would you would you tell me if you're, you're living in New York or not? I live in New York City on the Upper East Side, and I'm a gay man, a conservative. All right, fine, good. Are you taking any reasonable precautions? 
Um, well, I wash my hands as much as possible. I carry sanitizer, and I use napkins to open doors. And- <laughs> All right. So you and I, you and I, you and I, are doing the same things. Have you stopped going to Chinatown? Um, well, I don't go all that often, um, but but I, I'm not. I wouldn't not go there because I understand. Fine, it's almost ir- irrational not to eat there. But on the other hand, can we be reasonable together? Isn't it likely more likely that in a Chinese restaurant in Chinatown in New York, for example, that there are workers who have contacted people who've just come back or went to China? I mean, the, the probability is higher, isn't it? But again, look, this issue of gay, gay and AIDS thing, I know a lot about it. I, you know, I studied it. I was working, you know, in a gay men's health collective. You know that in the 80s, right? Yes. Yes. So I'm very familiar with it. All of the doctors in that clinic were gay men, and they heard me speak at a conference. I just got my Ph.D. in 1978. They wanted me to come into the clinic and work as a nutritionist, and I did. And I remember it were very nice guys. We all got along, and no one even knew what AIDS was. I have to repeat this again. And some of my friends were suddenly getting illnesses. No one knew ever had seen anything like it. Really, one of the doctors, the sweetest guy on earth, went blind from an illness. Remember that age? In the early days of AIDS, there was a blindness associated with it? Yes, HIV retinopathy. Horrible. Horrible. And so I got scared because I didn't know what the disease was. I was afraid to stay in that clinic, and I took a reasonable decision, and I... I resigned. I couldn't work there because I didn't know what the disease was. Now, at the time, we did not know if the HIV virus, we didn't even know what it was, could be spread casually. We, we didn't know. Thank God the HIV virus is a very hard virus to spread or else everyone on earth would have been infected. Now, let's look at coronavirus. It's a very easy virus to transmit. Much easier than the HIV virus. You know that, right? Absolutely. Okay. I'm so glad you're listening, but I'm up against the hard break. I'll be right back. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. It is the Savage Nation. Uh, we are rushing towards the conclusion of this informative broadcast today, trying to uh, help the public, preserve the public health. And I realize that we're living in a time with high levels of government and media distrust. And most of you are not sure what information you can trust. There's a lot of information and misinformation that's out there. Some of people are out there lying to you and saying it's uh, just like the flu. You have a higher chance of getting hit by lightning and dying, so do nothing. Others are saying the sky is falling. I mean, there are many unknowns. Everyone's feeding off everyone else's fear. And the fear may be more dangerous than the virus itself at some point. However, having said that, you know and I know every reasonable and rational person with the exception of talk show hosts who are simply doing this for effect. I don't know why they're doing it. It's a danger to the public health to tell you not to worry. And my best evidence for this, for my position, is that Benjamin Netanyahu, who is surely a friend of the president, probably the strongest friend for the reasons Israel needs us, Netanyahu said during a press conference, quote, we have to understand we're in the midst of a global epidemic, the most dangerous of these epidemics in the last hundred years. Now, you can't argue he's saying that to hurt Trump. Can't argue he's doing it because he's part of the Democrat media establishment. So, you know, kind of be reasonable here and not try to break it down on a political basis. Try to be rational here. Take reasonable precautions. And uh, now you can go to michaelsavage.com. We have Savage 
party periscope from last night. Teddy celebrating his sweet 16 with his three friends. Very funny, the dogs. We got Teddy, we got Julie, we got Ruby, and we got Dummy. I, I know you shouldn't call a dog Dummy, but what if he's a Dummy? I mean, he's a sweetheart, but he's a Dummy. I, he's not that smart. You know, Teddy's smart. Some children are smarter than others. Some people are smarter than others. Do I have to expel us out for you? That's why there's a Nobel Prize and there's an idiot prize. Then the stupidest of them all are the ones who show their abs or they're behind every day and they're called celebrities. This idiot, that idiot. They're still doing it in the age of Corona. Amelie Wierowski shows her abs on a beach in Miami. I don't give a damn. Can someone stop those fools? Shows her belly. Shows her behind. Then the other one, exactly the same as in the, in the White House lecturing on prison reform. I can't believe the world I'm living in. A total low-class lowlife of the worst order, a, wa- a waste of human DNA, is in the White House lecturing on prison reform while crime rates are skyrocketing <laughs> wherever they practice prison reform. New York, through the roof. San Francisco, through the roof. H- hidden, buried, saluting her, another celebrity. And they don't stop. Another schmuck in his underwear walking around on a surfboard. Okay, I can't help you. You gotta help yourself. Shocking video. You know, this is something I don't find easy to watch. I put it up on the, on the website, michaelsavage.com. It's a group of youths or teens. Teens, that's the word. That's the word you use today. 15 teens are stomping a 15-year-old girl on a Brooklyn sidewalk to steal her sneakers. Crime is out of control in New York under the liberal maniac who runs it. Crime is out of control in San Francisco under the liberal fascistic regime that runs it. Have a nice weekend. I'm Michael Savage. With God's will and your listenership, I shall return. The Westwood One Podcast Network. 